Welcome to Regeneration Studio. I'm Katerina Jabal, and this is the eighth narrative journey into creative business ideas and how they transform individuals and communities. Uncertainty creates anxiety. For most of us, if we cannot predict what the day holds or what is going to happen in a week or month's time, we feel a higher level of stress. I experience this all the time. From a young age, I've always planned out my days, down to what I will eat and drink and at what time. I also know the vertigo feeling that throws me off course if things don't go according to plan. It can ruin my entire day and in the worst case scenario, throw me into a spiral of lows. Uncertainty in general can increase before major events in our life. Marriage, having children, starting a new job. It can also happen during less joyous occasions. Losing a job or a loved one. Or when a pandemic breaks out. Then, when the pandemic thing happens, our entire existence as we know it is also put into question. And the future? A hazy blur we'd rather not think about as we worry about our basic needs. Something we might normally take for granted. Food, health, employment. Few of us would have been able to calmly research crisis management a few weeks before lockdown. Few of us would have allowed ourselves plenty of time to apply the anticipate stage where we prepare for going into quarantine and potentially being infected by the virus. Some of us tried, in a rather panicky way, by buying stacks of toilet paper and other essentials, leaving nothing for those who were a bit slower in responding, like me and others who were left crying in despair in the supermarkets. Some of us contacted people who we haven't contacted in ages. Me, once again. This was no doubt part of the crisis management stages. Maybe step five that says communication is key to know what is going on. Or perhaps because we suddenly experienced a lack of freedom. Freedom of movement and freedom to see others. So we just wanted to check if they were okay, because there's a chance we'd never be able to see these people again. Or maybe we are just in search for the one thing that gives our existence the deepest meaning, love. And therefore we sought connection with others, even distant relatives or long lost friends. It's simple, during this time of uncertainty we want to reassert some kind of meaning to a life that suddenly got restrained to roughly three places. Home, essential shop, outside exercise. And the only people we are allowed to interact with during this time are those in our household. Speaking of household, whether they consist of parents, grandparents, a spouse, children or a newfound love, how are we holding up with them? 
Do we appreciate them more yet? Do we finally understand them after six or so weeks of lockdown? Or are we counting the days until the end and we can have our own space again? Speaking of household, whether they consist of parents, grandparents, a spouse, children or a newfound love, how are we holding up with them? Do we appreciate them more yet? Do we finally understand them after five weeks or so of lockdown? Or are we counting the days until the end and we can have our own space again? My guest today, counsellor, life coach and BWRT therapist, Tammy Bruni, runs a company called Bruni Lifestyle Consultancy and Creative Development in Abu Dhabi. She has kindly agreed to share her insights on managing a relationship during a time of crisis. Thank you for joining us today and welcome to the show, Tammy. Thank you very much for inviting me and um, yeah, looking forward to sharing this time with you. To give our listeners an idea of who you are, imagine there is a film or a book soon to be released called Bruni Lifestyle Consultancy. Can you briefly introduce yourself in the style of a film trailer or book blurb? Okay, let's go with a book blurb. If you are interested in personal growth and developing greater awareness of self and finding purpose and meaning in life, then this is the place for you. Focus is on psychoeducation to enhance life skills that can be utilized personally, interpersonally and in your sphere of influence. These skills include relational and communication skills, self-care that involves stress management, healthy boundaries, better coping mechanisms, and taking care of physical, mental, and spiritual well-being. The foundation of a healthy community depends on the well-being of each individual that is part of it. So let it start with you. Part one. Life in Abu Dhabi. So you're currently living in Abu Dhabi and you have spent yeah. a number of years in different places. Can you perhaps give us an overview of where you have lived? Um, my husband works um, on construction, so we have lived all over South Africa. And in 2000, we moved to Abu Dhabi where um, I lived for 12 years with him. Uh, my daughter grew up here. Also been in Thailand for eight months um, where I was teaching. Uh, back to Abu Dhabi, back to South Africa. <laughs> and then um, my husband got a job in the Congo. We couldn't go with, so relocated back to South Africa. Stayed there until my daughter finished her schooling. And then, then we were in Johannesburg. So then from there, I moved to Cape Town. And that's where I was before I came back to Abu Dhabi. Wow. So yes, been all over. <laughs> yeah. And uh, just to give uh, our listeners an idea, what can you see from your window? What can I see from my window? Well, we live in part of a villa. So okay. Abu Dhabi, a lot of the, so you either live in town that's in an apartment mm -hmm. or you live in your own little 
let's say, villa, yes. or we live off the island is what they say. So <laughs> we live in a, what they call a majli attached to a villa. Okay. So if I look out my window, I'm looking into the main villa's courtyard. I see. Um, and there's really beautiful flower boxes, so I at yeah. least have a bit of a view. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of nature there. Right. And if you go out the gates, it's yeah. sand. Almost as interesting, or just as interesting, I think, as um, all the different places where you've lived is your professional background, which is mainly in the field of psychology. Now, before we mm. discuss the complications of managing relationships during lockdown, lockdown and in times of uncertainty can you explain why you decided to become a counsellor? Hmm, that's a long story so I'll try and make it as short and sweet as possible so when living in Abu Dhabi the first time I would say we got rather caught up in the lifestyle here so it's a very uh, materialistic type of lifestyle where everything's easy and you know everything's at hand it's very different from South Africa so it was quite a new environment a new setting for us and somewhere along the way we lost our way you know we sort of lost sight of those values that are important and in the same breath um, my husband and I sort of lost touch with each other and sort of there was a marriage breakdown and a separation. So during that period of time, um, I went into sort of a place of re, how can I say, finding myself again, sort of doing a lot of self-reflection, searching, mm -hmm. gaining more self-awareness, growing more spiritually, and just realizing that life needed a reset. Yeah. But during this time, I also went through it alone because we don't have family yet. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was really during that time realizing that during hard times, we need somebody that can walk a road with us. Yeah. You know, and we need somebody that can give input in our life. And I think what makes what I do special also is just I have the experience of going through that growth process and sort of learning through that and that sort of led me to that place where I thought you know this is something I want to do with my life so for me really I think this is now my calling and um, it's my passion yes and yeah. you mentioned that you you were a teacher before what did yes. you teach I was teaching preschool um, in Abu Dhabi. So yeah. I taught for about five years um, at various local schools. Mm -hmm. I see. Quite challenging. <laughs> really? Yes. Okay. It's surprising because um, they always talk about how great it is to teach in places like Dubai and Abu Dhabi and so forth. Mm. I think working in the local schools, um, it's a bit different because um, it's there aren't a lot so the schools I worked in there weren't a lot of expatriates so it's really just okay. working with the nationals mm -hmm. and um, sort of negotiating the language barrier yeah. as an English teacher and um, but also satisfying in a way but also challenging yeah. so. besides um, being a counsellor you have also mentioned that you're a BWRT therapist 
Now, mm. I did look this up, but it seems relatively complicated. So can you perhaps just explain in a simplified way what it means? Okay, so BWRT is Brain Working Recursive Therapy. And um, it was developed by um, Terence Watts. And it uses, um, okay, let me explain it as simply as I can. What it, what it does is, if you can imagine your, your brain as a net, and where the little nets join, there are these little lights. So it's almost like you've got this net over your head and the little lights. So if we look at neuroscience, it would be the synapses that are firing in your brain that form the neural pathways. So yes. our brain sends messages and then these synapses fire. Mm -hmm. um, so our brain is like a Google search engine. So BWRT looks at the very first time we had a reaction to an event. So let's say, for example, we're looking at trauma. And as a child or your very first memory of trauma, your um, defense mechanism was flight. So some of us fight, some of us flight, some of us freeze. So whichever it was. So if you chose flight and you went to hide in your room, behind a book or ran out in the field to play or into hide under your bed, whatever form of flight you use, it becomes escapism. Mm -hmm. So we bring this with us into adulthood. Mm -hmm. And so every time we faced with a situation that's threatening, our brain starts to search and it goes, okay, so when was the first time cat had that reaction? And so every time you face with something, your behavior is the same. I see. So what BWRT does is it reroutes that neural pathway uh -huh. to create a new response to a behavior. Uh -huh. So it works really well with um, trauma, grief, phobias, anxiety. So the, the, the technique, there are many techniques, but the main one is creating a new memory around that bad memory that gives you power. Mm -hmm. So in essence, you, you're taking power back. In, yeah. So it's a lovely technique. It really works well. Um, it works very well with people that are open-minded. The yeah. people that question everything and are very logic or analytical will go, but, but why and how does that work? So it's, so it's, it's a little harder for factor. them, mm -hmm. but in general, it's a really nice technique to use to help people deal with those things they can't get rid of if that makes sense thank you for that explanation it does and uh, it's actually really fascinating i might read up a little bit more on on this technique mm. i believe you've also done other courses can you give us an example um into i believe there's an npl course you've done that yeah qualifies. nlp so oh, um nlp is um programming mm -hmm. and it's basically coaching okay but it also ties into so you were speaking earlier about communication so it's yeah. really about having effective communication with yourself and with others okay so it's a really nice um <clears throat> technique to help people to break free from their comfort zones and break free from those old patterns that they mm -hmm. stuck in it's really a process of gaining more self-awareness 
creating better relationships with people through the way you communicate. And just um, obviously it relates to our thoughts and how those lead to action and, and how those lead to behaviors. Yes. But for goal setting and living a more optimal life, NLP is a really nice technique to use. So it's really just breaking people free. So it doesn't, it focuses more on the present and where you're going rather than the past. The past. Okay. Yeah. Also, so really. it's kind of like break free from the past so that you can live a more optimal life. Yes. And you're qualified yeah. in both of these techniques and, um, well, I believe you use them where appropriate. Yes. Yes. Now, um, we've, I've briefly mentioned your company, which is called Bruni Lifestyle Consultancy and Creative Development. Can you just maybe explain what the creative development part of the company is? Okay, so um, my daughter originally um, started the company with me. So she's still like a silent partner in essence. So I consult with her yes. on this uh, side of the business. Uh, she got a, a job offer that she couldn't pass up. So okay. she... She moved on. She left me in the lurch. No, she didn't leave me in the lurch. Mm -hmm. She's still there, but she's yeah. the creative. So okay. she she's sings and she plays instruments and she paints and she mm -hmm. sculpts and she studied art direction for film. And so she's just one of those all around creative people, but she's also got a very creative way of thinking about life. So she moved with us here and before we came, we used to have these long walks down Cape Town's boardwalk in Bloberg Strand and plot about the world and, and how the world needs more creativity and how mm -hmm. if the schools would, you know, encourage creativity more, the children would learn better because we learn through play and, and that sort of thing. So we would bounce around creativity because I feel that people... You know, we all talk about left brain, right brain. But the thing is, we need both sides of our brain to really have a fulfilled life. And we are creative beings. We all have that creativity within us, whether we want to acknowledge it or not. Mm -hmm. So to use creative methods also in therapy, just to help people see that, they, you know, there's another side to them that can be enhanced. So whether it be you know, encouraging them therapeutically to plant a garden or to go and paint a wall or even do um, write a story, you know, narrative type of therapy and teaching them to paint and having workshops where they can paint together or be creative and at the same time share their experiences. Yeah. So when the creative process is involved, they can get into a flow and and I almost feel like it loosens up that part of them that, that doesn't want to open up. Yes. So it's so. like you get into this creative flow and, and they start talking amongst each other and something just happens, you know? I think I can so, agree with the, the therapeutic power of being creative. Mm. And I think you, you get to express things you might not normally be able to in just a normal conversation. So it's really fascinating mm. that you're combining that in with normal counseling and ther ther therapy 
techniques and yeah, and it lets out you know what what you're keeping inside mm -hmm. you know and if some people don't open up easily but give them a piece of paper to draw or to paint something or paint what they feel or even like with children draw your heart show me what your heart looks like so they may not be able to put it into words but they can draw it yes so um yeah it is very effective great Part two, the impact of close quarters and uncertainty on relationships. Uncertainty is probably one of the main challenges people are facing at the moment. <coughs> what kind of responses are typical in uncertain times? And what would you say is the better response to have? Um, I would say, Probably at the top, anxiety, and at the flip side of that, um, depression. Mm -hmm. Because if we are unsure of, of what's going to happen next, there's also almost that sense of despair and hopelessness that, yeah. that sets in. And then we're also looking at loss and even grief around what has changed, you know, mm -hmm. what was and what isn't anymore. I mean, one minute the world was okay and the next day everything changed so whether we're looking at people that have lost their income or even just being able to go out and socialize or hobbies they used to take part of i mean this all involves loss that needs to be processed and obviously along with that comes a form of an anger as well mm -hmm. sadness all those um negative emotions and also just for um, being, being together in a space with your family, that's, that's also an unusual situation, also creates a lot of tension. I see. And then also if we look at purpose and meaning in life. We all want some purpose in life. We all need meaning in life. And a lot of people might be looking at this and going, so what's happening after this almost having like an existential crisis mm -hmm. you know as to what's coming after this because to um, be honest being at home all the time it's not true for all of us but for most of us we're at home perhaps we're doing the work we're doing but we do have a lot more time to think and mm. reflect on where we were at in life before everything mm. changed and what we're going to do after this um, mm -hmm. when things go back if they go back to a, a kind of normalcy that we mm -hmm. that we used to experience mm -hmm. so, no, so i think the the you asked me what the better response yeah. would be is to really like you just said self-reflect and and just see what sort of personal growth can come out of this time you know and just to reevaluate priorities if you've got the time to do that especially if you are at home you know, and take stock of what is important in life to kind of reconnect with our families in a, a society that's really become disconnected. Also because of technology and, yeah. and that sort of thing, you know, people are tethered yeah. to their devices yeah, and they don't pay as much attention to their families, what they need to. And so I think it is a time for, for really reflecting on things like that. Now, normally people who live together, whether in a family unit or with friends, 
do not spend all day every day together but at the moment it's different as we are obliged to stay at home so some frictions might become apparent and if we think of romantic relationships in particular whether you're married or you're in a long-term relationship that in itself is already something that can be very challenging and rewarding mm -hmm. So it's not for nothing that we, we celebrate wedding anniversaries when there's a 50th wedding anniversary, we get the bottle of champagne and we, we make a big fuss. It's because they, it's something, it's a challenge, they've overcome it, they deserve a celebration of it. And of course, there's a lot that comes, a lot of growth and a lot of self-development that comes with actually sticking it out and just stay, staying together, basically, through thick and thin. Mm. In fact, uh, I, to be honest, I felt slightly apprehensive when I thought about working and living in the same place as my partner for three weeks or more. Now, can you give some examples of typical friction that people might experience during this time? Um, I think one of them would obviously be the space issue. Mm -hmm. So like you, in my space, uh, I need time alone. Um, where am I going to go? Mm -hmm. You know, some people recharge in their own space or they feel they energize where they can just separate themselves, but we can't do that anymore. So in itself that creates frustrations. And even just, if you are at home together, a simple thing such as who's watching TV, who's watching what <laughs> on the television, who's doing what kind of thing, you know, and I think things start to pop up, um, like you are at home now um, can you water the garden you know um, mm -hmm. it's it's just simple little domestic issues that start to surface that you wouldn't think of before because you're not in each other's space all the time yeah because we all have our little roles to play in the home mm -hmm. yeah so and also just um, thinking of not only romantic relationships parents yeah. at home with their kids Yes. Like I've heard some of the moms go, I'm not cut out for this. Really? Like, what do I do with the kids mm -hmm. home all day and there's no personal space? So mm -hmm. that's also really difficult. Yeah. So um, I think just the, the boundary thing is having those healthy boundaries, even when you are at home together, so that mm -hmm. you can have a, a balance in the relationship instead of yeah. conflict. Okay. Put it nicely. <laughs> put it nicely <laughs> so in what way does the added feeling of uncertainty actually make this worse um i think just the tension on, around um how long is this going to go on mm -hmm. you know and and for and also it depends on your personality type some people handle situations like this a lot easier they go with the flow they're more organic whereas other people who need more control in their lives this will create a lot of tension for them um, maybe anger and especially if there's been that loss of income how are we going to pay for this how you know it just creates that inner tension that people sometimes will lash out then at their partners and whoever's the closest to deal with that mm -hmm. yeah That's true. my partner always just tells me like when for example when one of us gets angry at the other very soon we luckily admit that okay it's just 
frustration that's built up and that we're just kind of taking out on each other so it shouldn't be taken personally mm. and I think that's something that some people can actually think about as well now can you relate the situation to your own life and perhaps tell us a bit more about your experience of disconnecting reconnecting and even a feeling of being too connected um so during this time, my husband's working, so I don't really have the problem with him in my space. Um, <laughs> sounds terrible. <laughs> but um, I can relate it to, so we've lived apart for 12 years, um, him, yeah, and me in South Africa, and doing the traveling thing, especially, you know, with me having the practice, sometimes we'd only see each other two or three times a year. And um, it's easy to put things aside and just focus on each other for those two weeks or that month or whatever it may be. But now, and then also you're independent, you come and go as you want, you're part of a lot of activities mm -hmm. and you've only got yourself to think of. I mean, my mm -hmm. daughter's an adult, so it's just me or it was just me. <laughs> and for my husband, it was just him. So now we have to be together and we have to, compromise because we both were independent yeah. we both had our own way of doing things and now it's a coming together and uh, trying to find um, that balance of still wanting your independence but now having to consider another person and having to compromise yeah and definitely huge huge disconnect um, in those 12 years just on a communication level mm -hmm. so there's had to be a rebuilding of of that as well in the relationship and um, if you just think in general in life how easily we become disconnected because of the way life has become you know people are often on their phones they're not making eye contact yeah. and you know we we cope like that you know so like for my husband as well he he loves cars, he builds cars, so everything is cars. And then I like very quiet space around me. Yeah. And when he's home, it's very loud. So okay. it's like the compromise in all of that. Mm. Um, and then you're also talking about the two, to being too connected, you know. So if we're too connected and we're too close and we're too enmeshed, is the psychological term, there's almost that feeling of suffocation. Yes. Like I just, I need my space. I need, I need to space. breathe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think even in this time, there might be people that are just feeling like it's too close. Yes. Because I yeah. think uh, some people are lucky in that maybe they've got a two bedroom place where they're staying. Some people's got a house, detached house, but other mm. people might be living in a, a one bedroom apartment or even a studio flat studio. with somebody else. Mm. So how do you negotiate the space there? I think mm. that can be fairly challenging. Challenging, yes. Mm. Part three, growth or breakdown? routine and other strategies to manage relationships. I strongly believe in, in the power of having a routine to ground yourself. This helps to fight uncertainty and it gives us a sense of normality that will also help with managing a relationship. 
what is your opinion on this? I totally agree. Um, I'm a routine person. Um, I like having things in order. I like to know how my day is going to look, um, what I need to do. It makes me feel in control and it makes me feel like I have a handle on things. So I think if you can keep a routine and keep that peace within yourself that that brings for you, it can also minimize conflict in, in your relationship because we know when we feel out of control or we're feeling anxious or, or we feel overwhelmed, we're going to lash out. Yes. We're going to lash out at that person that's closest to us. So for me, yes, I feel a routine is good. But then again, not everybody is routine. No. So once again, I think it's personality types mm -hmm. as well. Do you have any recommendations for people who perhaps don't normally follow routines? How can they deal with the feeling of uncertainty in the relationship or the close quarters? Um, I think, so people that don't have routine, I find are more organic. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to see what am I going to do today? Mm -hmm. My daughter is a little bit organic in that sense. However, she still has some form of a routine. So they're at home right now because their, their company has also closed during this time. Yes. So it's like sleep late, wake up and we're going to go exercise or going to paint or mm -hmm. going to do something constructive. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like if you are organic and that's your personality, you still need to find something to just stay grounded. Mm -hmm. You know, if I think the the more organic people tend to be also creative, I uh, could be wrong. So they will, they will go with a flow and I think they will take things a lot easier and in their stride yes. than people that need that the control. COVID-19 has probably changed, at least for some of us, our overall way of interacting with people. What are some of the negative things that we need to watch out for that is fueled by an unreasonable fear of others? Um, well, if you think during this time, we still need to have contact with others, um, even in this time of isolation. So we need to be careful that out of fearfulness, we don't alienate others or ourselves from others. Also, if you look at some of the memes and the jokes going around, I find very um, disrespectful. You know, irrespective of what is happening in the world irrespective of even where it started you know people are creating a, a stigmatization around this and media doesn't help because you've got all the the jokes and the memes flowing around and i mean in our in abu dhabi you know they've really taken a strict stance on that as well mm -hmm. but i just feel you know this is something that affects the whole world Mm -hmm. We're all part of this. And the thing is, we're not going to get through it if we don't all stand together because yes. it's not isolated, no. you know. And if we're going to get through it, you know, let's try and do it together instead of just being judgmental mm -hmm. 
or, or blaming or whatever it may be. It's not going to change anything, no. you know? It's too late. Yeah, so, yeah. Now, relationships can either grow during this time as people stand together, as you've mentioned, um, be considerate of each other and give each other space, even within close quarters, or they can break down. Telegraph journalist Judith Woods mentions that the fallout between couples when this is over will be known as divorce day and other journalists report that there will be a surge in birth rates in December. Hmm. Personally, <laughs> I'm, I'm rather surprised. I've not had a major fallout with my partner yet, yet. The only living being in our small household who is suffering is the cat, the actual cat. <laughs> she decided that she's had enough of us and sits in her little house. It's like a soft little house most of the day. And she's never used this little house before until now. <laughs> so she's decided she's had enough. She doesn't want to have She's isolating. <laughs> she's isolating. Any case, we've been very civil with each other, my partner and I giving each other space to get on with whatever it is we need to do. And I would like to think it's because I always describe myself as a chess piece. You just have to move me where you need me. And then as long as I've got a laptop or a writing device, I'll just do what I was born to do. And that's to write. Uh, but I also think we established my partner and I, that is set routines early on and simply agreed mm. to communicate when we needed me time. So back to you, Tabby. Um, what are the top three strategies that you think can help relationships grow during this time? Well, um, having done quite a bit of um, couples counselling and, and marriage counselling, I'm going to sort of draw on that. Um, so I would say number one is really just being empathic towards your partner, um, putting yourself in their shoes, um, trying to understand their world and their experience of what's happening right now. And just spending time hearing their hearts, you know, it's a perfect time to actually start to, because often <clears throat> we listen, but we're not really hearing. So even with parents or their kids, you know, it's mommy, mommy, mommy. And yes, yes, you know, mommy's busy cooking. I'm doing this, but do we ever take the time to really hear, you know, what they're saying to us? So I think just empathy is is a really it's it's a nice tool to nurture relationships um, instead of trying to escape from them, yes. you know, during this time. Um, and then I would say definitely communication. I mean, facilitating communication during this time it's key. Um, we need to communicate what we need. We need to communicate how much space we need. So that brings me again to the third thing, which is having healthy boundaries, you know, with each other as well. You know, um, no one likes to have their boundaries violated. So to be considerate of what the other person needs. Um, and again, this leads back to communication. We need to communicate boundaries and the consideration is then linked to empathy as well. So I think for me, those are, probably three strategies that can help um, okay. during this time. I'll be implementing those strategies. I hope some of the listeners will try them as well. <laughs> what uh, three habits 
do we need to avoid during lockdown and even in the future because i don't think this is a one-off thing we might be experiencing forms of lockdown going forward i think really to keep up those meaningful relationships and contact with others as we've spoken a bit earlier we do need that contact with others and not spending too much time on our devices mm -hmm. having fomo sort of mm -hmm. what what's happening i need to know what's happening and actually creating anxiety and creating sort of panic within ourselves and even more isolation yeah. you know and um also just using it as a form of escapism you know we mustn't pay too much attention to what's going on in the media either because there is so much going around and we don't even know if half of it is true so it really does create more anxiety for people uh, more depression more hopelessness and and more despair so to rather stay positive because this too will pass eventually it might not look the same the world might not look the same once it's passed mm -hmm. but if we can stay positive and we can grow and learn through this time because any difficult or intimidating situation has an opportunity for growth yes. so if you look at post-traumatic stress after that there's always post-traumatic growth so what is the growth that we can take from this stressful situation or this traumatic event that we've been part of yeah. um, and then i would say the third thing is just again come back to keep a healthy routine mm -hmm. don't get lazy <laughs> don't give in to apathy um, you know we need to have that purpose in the day so if you are working from home keep a working routine mm -hmm. You know just have good self boundaries for yourself and um if you're not working be productive be creative do something during this time and um i'd just like to throw in there don't overeat <laughs> i was going to mention that um just perhaps don't drink too leave, much leave don't the wine too much. for the weekend or some semblance of the weekend or <laughs> yeah so yes um so all the jokes going around with the people that have eaten up all their lockdown food in the first week and you know all this but it is literally what is probably happening you know every time you go to the fridge and it's like <laughs> what's there to eat so yeah, okay. keep focus <laughs> yes well if it makes anyone feel better i have found myself <laughs> stress eat i call it stress eating i put a name on it um yeah a couple of times over the last two weeks in lockdown i'm like okay no need to stay away from the kitchen <laughs> yeah i was like put a lock in the fridge <laughs> well okay, this was cool. really really interesting um tammy thank you so much for joining me today and before we go i always have a few quick roundup questions and i'm gonna start straight away with number one so what is the most recent film series you watched, podcast you listened to, or book you read? Um, I watched um, Madam C.J. Walker on Netflix. I watched so, it as well. It's absolutely brilliant. Oh, did you? Yes. Yeah, I loved it. I love stories like that, mm -hmm. um, you know, where she's climbed up and made something of herself, yes. her first Negro um, a woman in America yeah. to become a millionaire and the first woman in America. All right, yes. 
back in the day. So mm-hmm. it was really inspiring for me. Yeah. Um, so I enjoyed that. We, we might have been mm-hmm. watching it in tandem just without knowing. I, I enjoyed yeah, it as could well. Be. I recommend it. Could be. Yeah. I loved it. <laughs> what is your number one tip to help us cope during this time? Um, yeah, I think we've probably covered some of that. Yeah. Have purpose for each day. Mm-hmm. It's good to rest, take time out if you can, um, but just keep a healthy routine. Plan your day because after this, things are going to go back to normal. Yes. <laughs> and it's going to be easier to go back to normal if we've kept a semblance of normal during this time. True. Mm. Tell us about the biggest challenge you have overcome in your life. Um, there's been a few. <laughs> um, so the recent one I would say is actually just the whole decision to move here. Um, 2018 was a rough year for us as a family. December 2018, my husband was diagnosed with a oral pharyngeal cancer mm-hmm. um, when he came home for his holiday. So he stayed in South Africa and received his treatment there, um, operation and um, radiation um, therapy. Thank God everything is yeah. taken care of and he's in the clear, he goes through his scans. But that was also sort of a catalyst in me coming here. Mm-hmm. So it was really the decision around leaving my practice and leaving Cape Town, which I really love. Mm-hmm. And to come and be with my husband again after 12 years and just be a support for each other. And you just realize like even in times like this, when a life threatening situation happens, you really rethink your life and the decisions you're making and the path your life is taking. So for us as a family, we just decided, you know, I mean, the East cancer could have gone either way. Um, And so for me, it was just, okay, you know, I, I, a practice is hard to build up and it really takes time. And so coming in and having to restart, reestablish and make new connections has been a big challenge for me. So that would be my most recent challenge. However, I'm not sorry. Um, I can see the benefits of it as well. Can you imagine now if I was in South Africa and my husband here yeah, then you and this happened? Yeah. So there, I, I, there's always a bigger plan in everything. We never know what's going to happen. Well, it's the same. So just an a example out of my own life. Well, my mom currently, she lives in America and my dad lives in South Africa. But it just happened that the lockdown situation was announced while she was visiting South Africa. So they, they're at least in the same country. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Yeah. It mm. just happened to, to work out that way. Right, going on to the next question. What is the first place or country that you will visit when all of this is over? Well, before this um, started, my dad has recently moved um, to the UK um, (laughs) to a little place called St. Austell. I think it's in Cornwall. Okay. And um, I was planning to go and visit him because he's feeling a little bit lonely there hasn't got family or anybody around him so it's so it's just him and uh, my stepmom 
And so I wanted to go and visit him just so that, you know, he could see a familiar face and uh, just encourage him a little bit. And um, so, yeah, I think when this is over, uh, that's my first trip. Your that's first what trip. I'll do. And if you have any time to spare, you can perhaps do a little detour to the northeast because it's really worth visiting the northeast of England. No. That's where I okay. live. Yeah. yeah, I've never been there before, so that'll be a first for me. I've been to Europe and a few other okay. places, but I've never been to the UK. So oh, okay. looking forward to that. Mm. A good choice. If someone wanted advice on entering a career in the field of psychology, what would you tell them? So someone once said to me while I was studying um, one of our lectures, if you're in this for the money, you're not going to be making money. <laughs> and I remember feeling very disgruntled and going home and thinking, how can I do all this hard work and, I, and I'm not going to make money? Obviously, you're going to make money, but you're not mm -hmm. going to be uh, a millionaire. <laughs> um, but what I would say is that if you are going to do this, you really have to have a heart for people. You have to have a passion for what you're doing. Um, it's really, it is hard work. You're dealing with people's emotions every day. You, you, you hear some horrific stories. You hear a lot of trauma um, or you're experiencing a lot of trauma every day. And, um, you need to have really good self boundaries. So mm -hmm. I remember when I started, I would take a lot of it home with me in my head and I'll try and process it. And, and if you're an empath, you know, it's like, it hurts you. Mm -hmm. And so I had to really learn to be able to just have that cut off. So yeah. when I'm at work, I'm there, but when I go, I have to leave it there. Mm -hmm. So I think that's also one thing you need to know is that if you can't take too much yeah. um, or you become easily overwhelmed with other people's pain and emotions, it's probably not the right field for you. But also okay. it's got to be a passion. I feel mm -hmm. a passion and a calling um, to stick it out in this um, field. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you again, Tammy. And for our listeners, if you are interested in finding out more about Bruni Lifestyle Consultancy, and creative development, uh, you can visit their website at bruniccd.com. They offer online counseling sessions, is this correct? Yes, we yes. do. As well, so you can get in touch with them on Facebook at Bruni Life. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Please remember, if you are experiencing difficulty in dealing with uncertainty, whether now or in general, or you are struggling in your relationship and would like further advice, feel free to get in touch with Tammy Bruni or another counsellor in your area. The important thing is to express your worries and not have it bottled up inside. At any point, if you think you know of anyone who might benefit from listening to this episode, please share it with them. And don't forget, if you enjoyed this narrative journey, Kindly spread the word by leaving me a review on Apple or Google Podcasts or Spotify. Sharing the podcast episode helps so much and giving me a thumbs up on social media too. My goal is to reach as many people as possible and thereby reach the right people. The ones 
who might really enjoy listening to this podcast and perhaps even find it life-changing. Join me next time for more narrative journeys into creative business ideas.